Okay, welcome to the second edition of the Biking Up podcast with me, James Maloney. Uh, for further information on the podcast or to read up some of our news stories and in-depth features or competitions, visit the website at www.bikenut.merseyblogs.co.uk. Okay, first up we'll have the news and then we'll go into the features. <laughs> Okay, first off for the local news, Southport based riders James Sampson and Matt Cronshaw, both of Kinesis UK, are currently heading up the Liverpool Echo Star Trophy Senior Competition for 2008. Sampson gained five points in the Ribble Valley CRC Flyers, while Cronshaw grabbed three at the same race on Sunday, March the 2nd. Kinesis uh, are also looking for sponsors to help them pour on the road as well as the airwaves. Team manager Chris Truett is appealing to businesses and motor companies to get in touch if they can provide the six-man squad with race radios or a new team support vehicle. Truett said, we've got a 10-year-old state as our team car, and while it does its job, it's not ideal for when we compete in tours across the UK and the eight-day tour of Ireland. We are a development team and have helped talented young riders get onto bigger squads in the UK and Europe, as well as the Great Britain team. Our riders compete in all the major races throughout the UK, which appear on TV and in all the main cycling magazines across the world. Ideally, we need a company to lease a support car, and their company brand will be seen across Britain and Northern Ireland. In return, we will offer the company the chance to spend the day in the car with clients and experience the right atmosphere for themselves. We're also looking for a company to read the supplies with race radios or to sponsor them. In return, we will offer the same perks as all our other sponsors. Uh, for further information about sponsoring Kinesis UK, uh, get in touch with Chris on 07968 448341. That's 07968 448341. Or e- email them at kinesisraceteam at talktalk.net. That's kinesisraceteam, all one word, at talktalk.net. Net. Uh, on other news in Southport, uh, Southport Cycling Club have announced the date and route for the popular Bill Bradley Memorial Ride, which takes place on Sunday, July the 27th. There are two rides, a 40-mile easier route and an 80-mile harder one that takes in some of the routes Bill used to use for training, including the Trough of Boland, Wandersen Fell, which have uh, featured in the Tour of Britain and the Old Milk Races. The 40-mile route heads out from Preston Arena to Plumpton, St Michael's, Pilling, Scorton, Ingle White and then back through Wood Plumpton to the arena. There's also a choice of two routes between Scorton and Ingle White, Harris End Fell and Oak, Oakenclock and Barnacre Church. Uh, whereas the 80 mile route, uh, which also stops starts from uh, Preston Sports Arena, takes in Quermore, Jubilee Tower, Trafford Boland, Dunsop Bridge, Newton, Waddington, Chipping, Glonbridge, uh, before heading back through Inglewhite, Woodplumpton, and then home to the Preston Sports Arena. Okay, let's get on with the news in the UK. Uh, Pentathlon Kelly Southern has revealed she is uh, quite keen to try cycling once her athletics career ends. Southern won a World Indoor Championship silver in March and is aiming for gold at August Olympics. The 31-year-old uh, Londoner said, I'd have a go at track racing. My friend uh, Jess Varnish, who's a track cyclist, said, we'll have a go on the velodrome. I've never actually ridden on a velodrome, but being in Melbourne watching cyclists was amazing. Southern, who admitted uh, she was envious of sports stars and other professions, said... 
Uh, if I was a Premier League footballer, I'd be playing for England and I'd be on at least 60000 a week probably if playing for a top Premiership side. It's ridiculous what they earn in a week or two. I earn in a year. I have to train 12 times a week and I don't even get to go the Ivy or go out every day or go shopping. It's a tougher life, but maybe it's more rewarding in some respects. Right next up on the news for uh, the UK... Uh, Pendleton and Hoy make the GB squads, including Bradley Wiggins and Steve Cummins. World champions Victoria Pendleton, Chris Hoy and Bradley Wiggins have all been named in Britain's team for the Truck Cycling World Championships. Britain will defend seven world titles from 2007 when the five-day competition commences in Manchester on March the 26th. Sprinters Clay McLean and Jason Queeley have missed out, but youngsters David Daniel and Jessica Varnish both earned surprise call-ups. Winners of the 10 Olympic events qualify automatically for Beijing. <clears throat> Britain were the dominant force in last year's World Championship in Parma and will be hoping to repeat the feat on home soil. Pendleton, uh, who won three goals in 2007, while Hoy uh, and Wiggins, a three-time Olympic medals, got to each. Uh, Dave Brailson, the British team's performance director, said it will be a special championship for everyone in the team. Not only is it the last major event before the Beijing Olympic, it's also taking place on a home track in Manchester where we'll be able to count great crowd support. Among other gold medal contenders are BMX world champion Shaznay Reid, who is expected to partner Pendleton in the world's uh, women's team sprint. The team will be without former points race world champion Chris Newton, who broke his collarbone in a train accident on March the 6th, though he's already qualified for the Olympics. Veteran McLean, a member of Britain's silver medal winning sprint team in Parma, missed out due to injury but, along with Queeley, is expected to be in contention for a place on the British Olympic team when it is selected later this year. Stephen Burke from Burnley receives his first senior world championship call-up and could be included in the men's team pursuit. Young sprinters Daniel from Middlesbrough and Farnish uh, from Bromsgrove uh, builds as the surprise call-ups and have both uh, excelled at junior level. Uh, the full squad is Lizzie Armistead from Otley, Anna Blythe from Leeds, Steve Burke from Burnley, Mark Cavendish from the Isle of Man, Ed Clancy, Huddersfield, Matt Crompton, Manchester, Kate Cullen, Edinburgh, Steve Cummins from uh, here in Whittle, David Daniel from Middlesbrough, Ross Edgar from Newmarket, Rob Hayes from Portsmouth, Wendy Hoovengon from Cornwall, Chris Hoy from Edinburgh, Jason Kenny from Bolton, Paul Manning from Birmingham, Stockport, Vicky Pendleton from Stotsfold and Hart, Chasnay Rue from Crew, Rebecca Romeo from High Wycombe, Josh Roswell, uh, Ro Rosell, sorry, uh, Sutton London, James Staff, Ashford Kent, Duran Thomas from Cardiff, Jessica Varnish from Bromsgrove, and Bradley Wiggins from London, who actually lives in West Lancashire. Next up, uh, hard day in Honslow for Plowman Cravens. Plowman Craven's preparations for the Jervan three-day next week uh, took an unexpected twist when they had to settle for third in the Hunslow Spring Road Race on Sunday. Sickness Sports' Andrew Bry took victory, sprinting clear of Sports Beans rider Mark Perry, while third spot for Tony Gibb uh, was all the Plowman Craven team could muster after being Mark men for much of the afternoon. Frustrated team manager Gary Beckett said afterwards, we were only allowed six riders in the race by the organisers because he didn't want us to uh, dominate the race. But uh, in fact, it had the opposite effects because everyone else was sitting on our guys and waiting for something to happen. It was a hard day for us because with three laps to go, Alex Hyam broke 
Uh, I spoke just before a difficult part of the circuit, and Neil Coleman, who had done a lot of chasing to bring back the break, went out the back uh, around the same time. That left us with just four guys, and although Tony Gibb got third, it hasn't been a particularly good day down south. Uh, obviously, but while his teammates were suffering down south, Tom Barris uh, rode the CDNW League at uh, Satan, Cheshire, and took a Vincent victory for Plam and Cravens uh, from under the noses of a strong league group, including three riders from Kinesis UK. Okay, next up, Rafa Condor passed latest test. As part of the preparations for the Jervan three-day premier calendar next weekend, Rafa Condor Recycling took part in the Musselburgh RCC 3-up 28.4 mile time trial in East Lothian on Saturday and placed three teams in the top four. The Rafa team made up of Kristen House, Dale Appleby and Rob Partridge won the event uh, with 1-0-3-5-6 but John Herity's men were denied a clean sweep at the podium by pedal power team of Gary Hand, Gordon Murdoch and Scott McRae who were 24 seconds slower. Dean Downham led another Rafa Condor recycling team to third spot alongside Rhys Lloyd and Ryan Bonsner, while fourth place was taken by Simon Halt, Graham Briggs and Tom Diggle. It was a good workout, said Henry afterwards, especially when you consider we were riding on road bikes where many other teams were using specialist time trial gear. It's quite out hard out there, added Darwin. Uh, it was really windy and cold, but thankfully it stayed dry, but the course was pretty challenging as well. As part of their Scottish camp, the Rafa team will recce the course for the first stage of the Jervan on Sunday. Whereas on a weekend with no top-level events, Pinario, RT's Russell Darling kept his form ticking over when he teamed up with Peter Williams to ride the whole Thursday RC 2-up 24-mile time trial in East Yorkshire. The duo clocked 48-28 to win the event by almost a minute and break the course record, while second place Wayne Randall and Ashley Brown of sports cover Spinnock were the only other team under 50 minutes with 49-21. Plowman Craven RT will be aiming to maintain the form in the Hunslow Spring Row Race tomorrow with the majority of the team riding the 140km event at the Cobham. Right, next up uh, we've got a bit of news about Great Glen Biking Initiative launched. A newly launched initiative to promote travel by bike, foot and boat along the enormous fracture in Scotland's Highland landscapes known as the Great Glen have just been launched. The £200,000 campaign was launched under the banner of the Great Glen Ways project. The Great Glen itself is essentially a huge fissure in the Earth's crust cutting across this uh, unusually mountainous region and provides a 70 mile long transport corridor linking Fort Williams and Inverness taking in highlights such as Loch Ness, the Caledonian Canal and Urquhart Castle. Okay, now for international news. Tour de France organisers ASO said on Sunday that it would reveal next week which teams are selected for this year's race. ASO made the announcement after holding a constructive talks with teams ahead of final stage of the Paris-Nice event, which are also organisers. The team's international association, the AIGCP chairman, Eric Boyer, said after the talks that we discussed the problem of condition of participation in order to know if upcoming ASO events would go ahead under the same framework as Paris-Nice. 
It seems that this is the case in which we will negotiate our conditions for taking part as we did for Paris-Nice. Paris-Nice, Europe's first major stage race of the season, went ahead after acrimonious mudslinging between the ASO and the International Cycling Union, the USCI. ASO controversially opted to hold the race to the sun under the aegis of the French Federation and not the UCI, which promptly warned riders uh, they face bans and fines for participating in non-UCI sanctioned events. UCI chief Pat McQuaid accused ASO of concluding to form a private league with the backing of the French Sports Ministry and of using its Tour de France credentials to force teams to participate in Paris-Nice. Boyan insisted again on Sunday that the AG, sorry, the AIGCP was not contravening regulations and urged McQuaid to hold a dialogue. Right, next up, uh, riders show support for Van Imp. Uh, for no one who's heard about this uh, story yet, it's been covered quite a fair bit in the Cycling Press, both on BBC Sport website, Bike Radar and Cycling Weekly. I'll just read to you what Cycling Weekly put. Uh, riders protest to support Van Imp. Uh, the riders stage a brief protest at the start of today's final stage at Paris-Nice to show the support for Belgian rider Kevin Van Imp, who was visited by the dub testers while he was at the crematorium making funeral arrangements for his baby. Quickstep rider Van Imp's son, Jaden, was born prematurely and died a few hours after birth. Dub testers arrived at the crematorium in Belgium last week and refused to visit Van Imp later the same day at his home, saying that if he did not give a sample, he could face a two-year ban. It's not clear at this stage which anti-doping agency the testers were authorised by, and riders at the Paris-Nice approached ASO and came to an agreement that the stage start on Sunday would be delayed by a few minutes to show support for Van Imp. Philippe Gilbert of France Diazdu made a speech to explain the decision. He said the authorities show a lack of respect, even though, as a sport, we are doing a lot in the fight against Open, there are limits, and this time the authorities overstepped them. All the teams have decided to show their solidarity in this matter, and this must ne ha never happen again. I totally agree with that. I'll just read a few of the comments that uh, some people posted up on Bike Radar's forum. Uh, one rider called Marseb said drug testers and all other staff that participate by example or hierarchy that authorises this test in such circumstances to this horrible procedure should be fired immediately and definitively. Professional races must be controlled even when out from official races but they are not machines and their very private lives must be protected. Here, here. Right, next up. <coughs> On March 20th, Quickstep teammates Paolo Bettini and Tom Boonham were getting an escort to check out the Vares course to be used for the 2008 UCI World Championships in Italy. Three World Championships have been won between the Italian and Belgian since 2005 and Quickstep wants to keep the rainbow jersey in the family for 2009. Uh, Bettini said after the Torino Adriatico sorry if I'm pronouncing that wrong will be transferring to Milan for the springtime classic and you unique occasion for us to try out the Varese Worlds too. Our season is full of competition that we have little time. If we don't go and preview the Varese course, now I doubt we'll have another chance before the Championship Week itself. Bettini and Boonen, accompanied by a few other Quickstep team members, will be trying out for the World Championship Court with an escort put at the disposal by the organisers of the race. Uh, Boonen said the constants of the World Championship route is important for me as it will allow me to judge the weight. This race will have in my season. 
This training session will also be a great test in light of the Milan San Remo. Right, next up, uh, UCI Bosses urge Contador to attack over tour exclusion. Uh, Alberto Contador is being urged to attack over his tour exclusion. Uh, cycling boss Pat McQuaid on fr last Friday promised to back reigning Tour de France champion Alberto Contador should he decide to take legal action over his exclusion with the Astana team from this year's race. The tour organisers ASO ruled on February 13th that Contador's Astana team will be barred from competing in this year's race as a result of dop doping scandals over the past two years. But the International Cycling Union, the UCI president, McQuaid, believes the decision is unfair. McQuaid said, if Contador decides to take legal action in Spain or internationally myself and the UCI will give evidence in his favour and I will be a witness. I know Contador and the people around him and I know that he is a clean and honest rider. Uh, Adam McQuaid of the rider who's fend off questions regarding his alleged links to the Spanish blood and doping probe Operation Porato. The UCI president has already slammed the ASO's decision, stating he would do everything he could to ensure Contador was at the starting line. The 25-year-old Spaniard has, however, not indicated that he intends to take legal action, saying he wants to concentrate on the Olympics and Tour of Spain. Okay, next up is the features section, and um, we've got a bit of a double whammy for you today. Uh, we're going to be talking about adjusting your position and also how to brake and change gears correctly. Uh, these seem very basic uh, features that we're doing for you today, but they're also uh, two of the very most important ones. Okay, let's get started on adjusting position. Uh, to get the most from your bike, it needs to fit perfectly. Uh, so that you and the bike are biometrically efficient unit. With a road bike, uh, this means finding the optimum saddle height that allows all your leg power to go into turning the pedals, then making sure that you are as comfortable and aerodynamic as possible. If the saddle is set too high or too low, you will not be positioned efficiently because muscles work best in the middle of the range of movements. And sitting upright, also a consequence of a low saddle, is not particularly aerodynamic. Another element to consider is the handlebar. If it's not wide enough, uh, your breathing can be restricted and you will feel uncomfortable while riding. The length of your cranks can also affect riding efficiency. Cranks of varying lengths are available and having the correct length optimises the power that is transmitted to the pedals. Crank length is based on inside leg measurement, which is crotch to floor distance without shoes. As a guide, the optimal crank lengths are 170mm for an inside leg of 74-80cm, to 172.5mm for 81-86, to and 175mm for 87-93cm. Uh, right, let's get started with the steps on how to find your uh, correct riding position. F step 1. Enlist someone to help hold the bike. Remove one shoe and place your heel on the pedal axle. For your optimum saddle height, your legs should now be straight, so raise or lower the saddle until it is. It's important to sit absolutely straight in the saddle when doing this test and not to lean on the leg that your helper is checking. Step 2. Put your shoe back on, engage the pedals and begin to back pedal. Your helper should stand behind you and check that throughout each pedal revolution your hips are absolutely level. If the rock at all, your saddle is set too high and you will have to uh, go back to step 1 and check your height again. Step 3. Uh, the widest part of your foot should be directly over the pedal axle. Uh, so you, you're kind of doing a, a quarter to three type movements with the pedals. Adjust the cleats on the bottom of your shoe to do this, then with the cranks parallel. 
as I said, quarter to three. Uh, the ends of your femur, which is the depression in the side of your knee, should be directly above the axle. Adjusting the fore and aft positions of the saddle will enable this. Step four, sit on the bike and take hold of the bottom of the handlebars. Now look down at the top of the handlebars at the point where it intersects the handlebar stem. Check to see the position of the front hub in relation to this. If it's in front, you need a longer stem. If it's behind, then you need a shorter one. Step five, place the spindle level on top of the saddle to check it's flat. If it's not, undo the C-clamp and fix it again. And then the saddle will then pivot up or down. Before you do this, position the spindle level along the top tube, unless you've got one of the modern fancy bikes which have got sloping top tubes. Uh, just to make sure the bike is level. If it's not, take the bike out with the train and continue with it on the floor. Next step and final step is step six. Pick the bike up off the floor. Ask your help to check where the outward edges of the handlebar line up with your arm shoulder joint. They should be absolutely level. If your shoulders are wider, the handlebars will constrict your breathing. If they're narrower, then the narrow bar will make you more aerodynamic. Right, next up, we're going to look at uh, braking and changing gears officially. Now, braking and changing gear is all about anticipation. It's also about timing. Always brake when your bike is going straight, since applying the brakes on a corner is liable to make you, the bike unstable. It's a good idea to change gear just before you need that gear so that you don't need to lose speed. Gear changes should reflect every difference in ride conditions, wind direction, grade and road surface changes, etc. So that you can keep pedalling at the optimum rhythm or cadence for the conditions. This is usually between 70-80 revolutions per minute on the, on the flat, a little less on climbs and much less when you're climbing out with the saddle. Now, some pro riders tend to go over 100 uh, revolutions a minute, keep the cadence up that line. Uh, one rider in particular is uh, the legendary Lance Armstrong, who was reported to get his cadence up to about 150. A bit hard to try that, but you know, he was. Uh, that's probably why he won the Tour de France seven times. Some riders are more comfortable at higher cadence, uh, some are lower. The most important thing is to not to labour inefficiently in too high a gear or spin too fast on low one. It's important to use your gears efficiently. Chains are at the most affected at transferring energy when they work in a straight line. So avoid using gear combinations of the biggest chain ring with the small, biggest sprockets and the smallest chain ring with the smallest sprockets. These are ratios that can be repeated with better combinations and anticipation is especially important on hills. At the start of ascent, choose which chain ring you will use to ride all of the hill. If you get this wrong and have to change from a big chain ring to a smaller one because you have no more sprockets to go lower, it will completely upset your rhythm. Step 1 in uh, learning how to change and braking. Uh, brakes on a road bike can be operated from two riding positions. On the first position, the rider applies the front brake, which is the most powerful, with a hand on the brake hood. This is an ideal place to have your hands when riding on the flat, uphill or in traffic. It's more comfortable and allows quick access to the brakes. Step 2. Apply the brakes from the drop above, where the hands have more leverage and power. This second position is ideal for when you're going downhill. Squeeze the brake lever gently and never grab at it. Okay, step 4 is uh, just a couple of tips on changing gear. Uh, keep pedalling whenever you shift gear with a derailleur gears since this keeps the chain moving. Seems pretty obvious, but uh, some people get it wrong. While riding out with the saddle, step five, uh, you can change to lower gears if you have an integrated brake, 
and gear shifting system. Uh, just some tips to remember, be careful to avoid pulling the brake lever back when you shift to launch your sprocket or chain ring on a Shimano system. It could cause the brakes to come on if you do. This can be a problem if you're on small hands. Experiment with the position of your brake levers and the angle of your handlebar to eradicate it. Next up, uh, avoid shifting to a smaller chain ring and sprocket at the same time as it causes the chain to jump off if you suddenly have to change to low gear. Change to the smaller chain ring first, then fine tune your gear selection with the rear mech. Okay, that that's the um, the end of the feature section of the show and the end of Bike Nut Podcast number two. Uh, don't forget to check out the website www.bikenut.merseyblogs.co.uk where you find details uh, of our two brilliant competitions to win a set of Continental GP Attack and Force Road Race set tyres worth £60 and also a pair of Oakley Fives 3.0 sunglasses worth £70. Uh, next week's show we'll have the roundup of all the UK, um, Northwest and International Cycle News plus features on how to corner on the flat and hairpin cornering. Thanks so much for listening and happy cycling.